You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to this episode of Around the King's Table. I don't know what episode it is. 57. 57? I think 57. Okay. It's another look at the book. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 5, and we're going to finish 1 Timothy chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 17, and as we do, I'm going to read it for us. Verses 17 through 25. This is what Paul writes to young Timothy. Let the elders who rule well... Does your say rule well? It does. Okay. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says... Interestingly, you shall not muzzle an ox. Don't know what that says about elders that preach and teach. They're oxen. (laughs) I don't think that's what it's saying, but... (laughs) You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, though you may want to muzzle its mouth when it's preaching so long. And the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses... As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some men are conspicuous. It's a big word. Conspicuous. Conspicuous. Going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. Mm. So... Thus ends 1 Timothy chapter 5. So quite a bit of stuff to to get to here. We'll start back up in verse 17. And uh, I'll ask Pastor George, what do we have here? Verse 17. Oh, we have those who, he's already mentioned these people, but he calls them elders here. He called them overseers before. It's from 1 Timothy chapter 3. 3. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's but, but we can tell he's he's working with the same group. Some of the words he, he's overlapping. He's making it clear that it, yeah. it's the same office, the same tasks that are being done. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a likelihood that not every elder, therefore, or every overseer is going to be dedicated to a preaching or even teaching ministry. It could yeah. be that they're doing some very, very different things in their overall word and prayer yeah. focus. So let me pause you there. We'll come back to that one. <clears throat> Let's start with the maybe the most um, 
debated thing. Okay. In in verse seventeen, let the elders who rule well. Uh huh. So, <clears throat> if you're unfamiliar with polity, um, very basically, some churches will have what they call elder rule, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then some churches, like our church, are elder-led, congregation rule. Yeah. But a lot of times, churches who are in favor of elder rule will appeal to 1 Timothy 5, 17, mm-hmm. where it says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because, interestingly, as I was reading the uh, Kostenberger's commentary on oh, okay. it, he translates it a different way. He doesn't have it rule well there. Okay. Now, Kostenberger, of course, is Baptistic. I don't know if that plays into it. I would hope not. I would assume it does not. Um, <laughs> but he um, he translated it, uh, those who who are uh, good leaders. Okay. So he, he has a, a, an interesting... Um, translation of, of verse 17 there. So it says in the ESV, my ESV, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. Uh, again, Kostenberger, I think, has it, let the elders who are good leaders. Yeah, interesting. So any any thoughts on any of, any of that? How are we to interpret, even if we take it as let the elders who rule well, how are we to understand that? Yeah, as I, I mean, the first thing that just immediately goes is we have to be careful that we aren't using rule more technically in our discussions of polity than is really intended as Paul is talking here about. Yeah. I mean, certainly he's talking about leading. And even where we have congregational rule and we're using then rule in a very, very technical way, we still know that elders are intentionally they're they're intentionally leaders within the body. Yeah, um, they've been given that as part of their under shepherding tasks. There is an aspect of that um, ruling that relates to a real authority mm-hmm. that an elder has in the yeah. life of a in congregation, life of congregation, in individual members' even lives. That's right. Yeah. Which I think has to be said. Because uh, so I don't know that every congregation, like every, every congregation <laughs> realizes realizes that, yep. and in fact, a lot of pastors or whatever you want to call them, elders here, um, are treated more or less like they have zero authority. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're hard. They're hard guns. That's right. Some of them. I mean, it's there is authority in most of the churches, yeah. but the question is, where does that authority does that sit? Yeah. Sit. Right. Uh, ultimately, we would say that sits with the Lord Jesus. He does rule. He rules. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, in yep. his churches. Uh, but by extension, um, there is a kind of authority that he has given to those that the church has set aside uh, to be under shepherds uh, in the life of the congregation. So I think that, that aspect of it needs to be said. Sure. I think the broader aspect of it, too, has to be thrown into the context of the rest of Paul's letters where he's going to talk mm-hmm. um, about... Discipline and... Uh, congregationalism that, yeah, it's, is what it's, it's called. Exactly. Yeah. So, so again, what we're we kind of we're in the direction of elder-led congregation rule. We get that because in Galatians, he's saying... 
hey, it's not, I'm not just addressing myself to pastors or elders. The gospel. Yeah, it's the, the members of the churches in Galatia are supposed to know the gospel so that anyone who comes in and doesn't preach the gospel uh, to them, they're to put them, they're to get them away, get them, yeah. get them out of the church. Uh, you mentioned church discipline. Jesus doesn't lay that at the feet of elders. He right. lays that at the feet of the church. We could do this on several different levels throughout the New Testament. So one thing I think we have to understand, again, just in the context of the New Testament, is that even though you have one verse here in the entire New Testament that talks about let, let these elders rule well, or these elders that do rule well, right. it doesn't erase a lot of Bible, mm-hmm. a lot of New Testament scripture where the emphasis is on the congregation, the final authority on so many decisions in the church does lie with the congregation. Right. The other thing that's actually in our text, I think we have to see, is that even if we're going to say, yeah, there is a kind of rule and authority that the elder has, um, is that we we see here that that doesn't make make them above. Right. You know, being reproved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like something where they are, you know, some pontifical... They say it, and it's now law of the land, and they can't be called to account for doing you know things that are counter to the gospel. Right. Yeah. There's a right way to do it, and that's what we're going to see in this text yep. uh, when that's necessary. Uh, but I, th- I think that's important to understand there um, is that, again, you, you want to be careful that you don't make one verse reign over so many other whole passages of, right. of Scripture. Yeah. Okay. At the same time, you don't want to miss that uh, there is a kind of rule mm-hmm. uh, or leadership Expected. or authority mm-hmm. that elders do have in the life of the congregation. Now, to the thing that you were mentioning. I got that book, by the way. I'm looking book? forward to it. Lehman. Jonathan Lehman. On authority? authority. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jonathan Lehman. It's coming. It's coming. Authority. Uh, okay. <laughs> It's almost Christmas. Uh, <laughs> let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. So worthy of double honor, not just honor, mm-hmm. double honor. Uh, and then he does mention here, um, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And that's where you were heading off before I pressed the pause button on you. Yeah, just the idea that there there are more than just the preaching. And, and maybe if you take the teaching to be just the upfront preaching even still... There are other elder roles and responsibilities. There's other mm-hmm. things going on, um, such that you know. It, it, I don't think Paul is setting up here a situation where, hey, if you're not a paid elder, you're not really an elder, right. or a church, you know, can't be constituted as a church with its leaders unless they're paying somebody, you know, or yep. paying all of them, or or whatever. Which you know. It, would I like have you know Paul to have said, you have to pay all your elders and mm-hmm. all of them have to have this level? That would have been awesome mm-hmm. for some. I think it would have affected the mission very negatively in other cases. And so I think he's being you mm-hmm. know wise about it and understanding that you know as the, the gospel spreads, there will be these different situations. But where the church can show double honor, yeah. it's to do so. Yeah, I think that's really good because one of the things <clears throat> that He's already said in the letter about elders is mm-hmm. that they have the ability to teach. That, that's what sets them apart. Right. Them, yeah. um, makes them different from deacons or regular body skills, yeah. right? Uh, from any from anyone else in the body, um, is that they have this ability to teach along with the uh, exemplary character, character. qualifications. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so every elder, every elder, 
should be able to teach. Should be able to. Mm-hmm. But not every elder uh, labors in preaching and teaching. Correct. Yeah. So so we're looking for that. So we're just saying every elder, even even if they don't labor in preaching and teaching, no. we're not going to be like, well, yeah, so I mean, he's not going to labor in preaching and teaching. And so it's okay if he's not able to teach. Right, they they all need no, to know the word of God be able to and teach. be skilled at teaching the word of God. Yeah. So all of them have to be able to do that, and they'll probably function in that capacity, in some measure in the life of the church. But then there are others who are especially set aside or given to this right. labor of preaching and teaching. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it says that these are are worthy of of double honor, and and one of the things I think it's not just um um. You know, we uh, live in a very, um, we do not live in a culture right now that values honor. No. So, we so do not. to have, to, so to be called to, to give double honor, mm-hmm. <laughs> not just single honor, but to give double honor uh, is, is probably something that everyone in the church needs to, to hear. Yeah. Um, one of the ways that that happens here, you see in verse 18. So there's the, the continuation, or he kind of leads into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ways that, that we, we honor those who especially labor in preaching and teaching. Verse 18, for the scripture says, and he's going to quote now from a very obscure Old Testament passage Old Testament about passage. oxen. Yeah. <laughs> you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. And then he quotes from the Gospels, mm-hmm. something that Jesus said. The laborer deserves his wages. So any word there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not so obscure. It's 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 part and parcel of how God sort of sees the arrangement. Yeah. Maybe obscure in the sense that we're taking a, a verse from, you know, a book we don't read often. The, the, the Torah, the, yeah. the Pentateuch, and applying it to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Paul's just kind of reading. You if know. it's right there in with gleaning and with uh, yeah, all these right. other things, where yeah. you know God says this is how society actually should look. Yeah. If you're actually caring for those who have needs, mm-hmm. those who have, give to those who do not. Yeah. Those who don't, <laughs> let their needs be known, and they can. It's a it's a shared thing. So, yeah, I see it in the in in those terms exactly. That you know, hey, if somebody is teaching, they're preaching, they're doing a good job of it. Yeah. They're putting to, aside that time, um, and God has you know obviously set them aside for that task. It behooves us to let them benefit from it and not have to constantly be, you know, frustrated yeah. by serving elsewhere, you know, working and doing all these things that take them away from where God would have their attention be for the sake of the body. Right. Yeah. So elsewhere, he says, <clears throat> if you've uh, if you've benefited from these folks spiritually, right, it, it's it's good it's to your advantage to 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 meet exactly. their needs financially, materially. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one way that they that we, we doubly honor those who give themselves to preaching and teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the body is that we it's financial remuneration. Uh, the other thing is is verse nineteen. I think yeah. it's do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Yeah. Now I would say this probably would was in any case true that you wouldn't take one person's accusation even just for regular kinds of things but i think calling it out specifically for leaders because they're the ones who are going to be getting that flack they're more more frequently Mm. they're going to have decisions directions initiatives challenged um 
they're going to be facing that. And so when it comes then to accusations that they've mishandled, accusations that they have done things wrong or, or whatever in executing their ministry, that should not be taken lightly and just bantered about. Somebody shouldn't be expecting that if I just, you know, intimidate through throwing around accusations that that's going to be given any credence. Yeah. Also, underneath this is the importance of a regenerate church membership. Oh, for sure. Because it's happened a time or two mm-hmm. in churches where folks who are on the membership list but have not attended the church for a year or two or three or more yeah. uh, show up suddenly yeah. to create a majority uh, in the congregation to get a pastor Uh, Pastor, you are (laughs) too serious about the gospel. I'm not happy with where you're taking my church. church. I'm gonna, you know, vote with my yeah. That's right. So under under underneath this, because what the reason I say that is, in that situation, it's so easy to find two or three or thirty or two (laughs) hundred, and and at that point we're like, well. The Bible says we're two or three, you know, and that is why it's so important that your congregation is as best as you can do it, uh, a regenerate congregation, a believing yeah, church, a believing church. Uh, so that they, they are led by the word of God, led by the spirit by of the spirit. God. Mm-hmm. They have love for God. They have love for Christ. They have love for the gospel, love for the Bible, love for good pastoral ministry, love for their pastors, all these kinds of things, you know, so that things like that don't, don't happen. And something like this then is actually given all the more weight to it. Yeah. Because if you didn't have two or three, there's something serious potentially going on now. That's right. And you can, because you can trust them. Right. And you trust their walk with Christ. Right. Yeah, so I'll just kind of throw that in there as well. But the thing is here is that he's trying to guard. He is trying to guard um, elders. This is part of the double honor. Yeah. Okay, we, want to, we want to give materially to those that we're benefiting from spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also we, we don't want to bring a charge against them. Just, just willy nilly. Yeah, we don't them walk. You don't want you don't want your elders walking around on eggshells. Egg right. Exactly. Yet yeah, to use the metaphor, you, you want them to be able to to largely yeah. operate under God's direction mm. and trust that they're leading in the in the in that right direction. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So verse twenty then <clears throat> says, "As for those who persist in sin, you're understanding there that we're still talking about elders. As for those who persist in sin." I believe so. We're we're still talking elders. I think persist may make too much of a present tense there. So I think I mean those who who sin, those who are you know under accusation here. Yeah, it's, it's okay if you if you do have these two or three. Right. Then we're working on. So this. it's a yeah. legitimate charge against an elder, right. and then the elder persists. Uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't know that that's required. I, I don't. I think that may be reading too much into it. If there's an accusation that's reasonable and broad, it doesn't have to be. Well, I've now repeatedly had adultery with different people in the body. That first one is enough. Basically, if they've committed sin, they've they've, they've done it. I don't think he's intending it to be this. They have to show a repetition of it. No, no, no. 
I'm, I think I'm going the route of if the charge has been brought, sure. spite, just like in church discipline, right? Which is again closely related con- to con- this con- yeah, congregationalism. Yeah, yeah. The congregation is coming and being about church discipline against an elder. Mm-hmm. If that these two or three come to the elder because of some sin that they have seen or experienced or discerned, mm-hmm. and in spite of their coming to him to reprove and correct as necessary, he continues to go forward in that sin. Rejects showing... uh, He's not reproved. Forgiveness. He's unrepentant. Unrepentant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They now say, rebuke them in the presence of all. Yeah. So public rebuke. So that the rest may stand in fear. So that's really interesting. There is a good use of fear. Uh One aspect of church discipline is that other people in the congregation... It's a reminder. ...would be be sobered. Uh We really mean to love you... Right. ...into holiness, into conformity with the heart, the mind, the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is coming those both ways. We give due respect and due room to move, but then there is that that stopgap of, hey, if you're going to sin and you're going to rule poorly, you're going to Mm. dominate a congregation, it's going to come out in sin and you will be publicly condemned for it. Yeah. Now, an elder, of course, one of the qualifications is that they're above reproach. <clears throat> yeah. We we said a while ago that it does not mean without sin. Right. Um, but it does mean that you're exemplary in repentance. In other words, someone can come to you and they can say, hey, brother, I've seen this or that or the other. And we go, oh, no. <laughs> and we're quick to repent, you know, where right. we really do need to, to repent. Um but but what's interesting here is man like what what a, what a fear that should cast over over a congregation or an individual Christians that these guys that we have held to be above reproach you know these guys who have taught us so much um, now we're seeing they're under condemnation mm-hmm. right so. That's going to cause people to be like, "Whoa!" Like if they can, if 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 they can be held accountable for their life, for right. their living, well, then surely I'm surely I'm going I to be yeah, yeah. held accountable as well. So there's that element of it's a good fear, it's a healthy fear in church discipline. It was though we we've maybe mentioned this a couple of times, but there's the old the old quote of when discipline leaves the church, Christ goes with it, mm. right? Okay, well. Church discipline, even especially particularly as elders, uh, is something that I think the Lord is going to use to really um, sober up any congregation. So, do you, by that token, then, do you think the rest, the rest will stand in fear, is referring to the rest of the elders or the rest of the body? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, because I think the fundamental office, if we want to use that term, the fundamental office of any Christian is member. Sure. Um, and then you have your deacons and you have your elders. Um, but yes, it's a, it's if you have if you have an elder who is one of a plurality of, the, of yeah. elders, 
and they see those elders see that the congregation is serious about them being exemplary Mm -hmm. then yeah that's going to that's definitely going to work in should work in that elder body uh but i think also it's going to work in the life of that congregation as well yeah Mm -hmm. yeah verse 21 in the presence of god and of christ jesus and of the elect angels that's an interesting that's an interesting yeah yeah rather unique i charge you to keep these rules without prejudging doing nothing from partiality or favoritism Uh so that's that is such a man we are just not conditioned for for that but when it comes to church discipline and particularly when it comes to any kind of charge against an elder yeah um you know there to be slow yeah uh to to prejudge the situation but to hear all the all the ins and outs of a case yep so that they can come to the truth of the matter and also it should have nothing to do with well you know i would like this uh, this is how I want things to be. Um, one, that wouldn't normally be sin in the first place, but so often, you know, what, what actually gets bandied about and pastors are, are kicked out of office for even yes. is not sin. It, it's yeah. it, it's the, 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 it's fluff, the ephemeral yeah. things that just go on in ministry and somebody says, well, you know, I, I wanted this. I wanted That's the so music. Right. I wanted the carpet. I wanted the building. I yep. wanted the whatever <clears throat> program ministry. I wanted to do this thing that was my bread and butter. And they stopped it or they, they changed it or whatever. And yeah. that's what it is. It's not even sin, they but changed the it's music. this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's such a great point that most pastors are ousted from the churches that they've been loving and serving. Um, not because of sin, right? But because of preference, uh, partiality. Partiality. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, that's a that's a very good point. Um, and may the Lord help us. I mean, I you know I think uh, <clears throat> we we are prone to taking sides or picking sides mm-hmm. or. You know, and so we just we have Absolutely. to be very, very careful. We we I think we always want to it's probably appropriate when we're talking about judgment, the thing mm-hmm. that Paul is kind of throwing forward here is that at the end of the day, not only are the elders of a church, but the congregation of a church are going to stand before God and Christ and elect angels. And elect angels, yeah. And there the ultimate judgment is going to take place. And so you need to be very, very careful that if you're going to bring a charge against an elder, if you're going to discipline an elder, uh, you need to be very careful to make sure that you do not prejudge, mm-hmm. that you show no partiality. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to stand before God, right, and Christ, and so, and so, I think that works for the congregation on the one hand, and mm-hmm. I think it works for the elders on the other hand. We, we're seeing Hebrews thirteen, yep, right. We see in James chapter three mm-hmm. that those who teach are going to have, be held to a higher standard of accountability and judgment. Yep, uh, Hebrews thirteen, we're going to give an account to God. But this is something we say in our membership classes too. Right. Is that the congregation also is going to be held accountable uh, to God mm-hmm. for how they have honored their elders and, as necessary as need be, uh, held them accountable for the way that they're yeah. pastoring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. 
Okay, uh, this one's really good. Verse twenty-two. These are little, little. Uh, every, every verse is like a little sprinkle of wisdom. Um, consider this. Consider, <laughs> yeah, consider this. Like they, they all color the, the. It's all going into how we are to care for elders and honor elders and think about elders. And verse twenty-two uh, continues the theme here. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands nor take part in the sins of others, keep yourself pure. Now, in the do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, again, I think Kostenberger in his little translation, he actually makes it very specific to elders, mm-hmm. appointing elders. Appointing do not elders. be hasty and bring on younger, yeah. young elders. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure the age has to, but the, the, the certainly the hasty of... Yeah. Um, and it's so often churches are driven yeah. to, whether it be elders or deacons even, mm-hmm. pulling people in because they need, you say, warm body. They need somebody in the position to maybe even bear the blame, but whatever, the, the, the people are put into office simply because there's a need and not because they're right. qualified for it. Yeah, um, They've demonstrated faithfulness yeah. in advance. And so... Yeah, with elders, it's especially important that we're not just putting people in office just so that we can say, we got a plurality, yay. <laughs> they have to be qualified. Or, they have to have or, shown themselves faithfully. <laughs> or, we're so tired. We need more elders. <laughs> Fair we, enough. We need, we need some guys uh, to, to jump on. Um, but I think that's a good word. I it's think also it's, uh, one where we're not pushing people into it. Like yeah. they're cautious, and we're like, "No, no, no! We really need you to, you know, say, yeah. no." You, it's it's a patient thing. If they're not ready, there's no yeah. need to be pushing. And yeah, mm-hmm. there is something to the the desiring it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, guys will get equipped and they'll be growing, and you'll see their character. Uh, but then a lot of times they're kind of hesitant. And, and I think our response to that often is, or at least my response to that often is, no, you're ready. You're ready. You're, you're not. <laughs> yeah. and, and not really. But, no, it is. Yeah. It is hard right. to, at times. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it really is. They, they probably yeah. are maybe even underestimating yeah. what it's going to be like once they're in the, the role. Sometimes they are ready and you just have to push them. Sometimes you have to you, encourage you're them. wanting to push them or encourage them, yeah. however you want to put it. Um, and they're not ready. And so you just have to there again. We're we're talking about spiritual wisdom uh, mm-hmm. at this point, and and also just trust in the Lord, patience, yeah. uh, the, the the will to to be patient, um, and let the Lord just kind of do His work uh, in guys' hearts. And I think God has been faithful with us to not have us put in place people who were not ready for the office. Yeah, but we may have wanted to. Yep. Just in his, his sovereign just providence over this church. He has been awesome. So yeah. 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 Agreed. Uh, keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. Kind of bring right it back there, the, all the end, chapter the one and two, just kind of reinforcing it. Yeah. 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 It's just um, you know, he I think <clears throat> it is really important. And I and honestly, I, I don't think that I have done a great job of this. Um, hopefully, we'll do better moving forward. But just it, it's critical that the elders do maintain a kind of obvious godliness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
above <laughs> yeah. above the norm, you know? Yeah. Uh, not that they are sort of off to themselves or, or in that sense, but just in the sense that they are c- committed, like they are devoted. Uh, and you can yeah. tell. You there, can there's tell. something, I don't know exactly how to, how to phrase it, but you can tell that they are devoted to Christ and they're devoted to the church and they devo- they're devoted to the Bible and they, and you can just kind of see it. You right. know, um, when I, when I, when I think about this, you know, I think of, of, you know, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you've got an elder body. Well, yeah. if that elder body begins to just kind of bloop, 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 and just, I don't know, become silly. Mm-hmm. Well, then they're all going to be silly because like, they've gotten a license to be silly. Common denominator. Yeah, that's right. But Thank where, you. but where that eldership rise continues to rise mm-hmm. towards Jesus, they're building one another up and yeah, reinforcing they're going to something that powerful, really, really powerful for the advance of the kingdom and for the growth of a church. Yeah, and uh, and all the and all the biblically good uh, and glorious ways. So I think here, just uh, to reemphasize four sixteen in First Timothy, keep a close watch on yourself. Mm-hmm. And on the teaching, yeah. Don't just be looking at your other elders. Oh, look what they can. Look what they do. Look how they live. Well, I must be able. To, I must have freedom to to, <laughs> to enter into that direction. Yeah. Uh, if their example's not good, set them a better example. You know, uh, keep a close watch. I think you've been great with this. In my case, there are a lot of things that I'm not very good at. Uh, in, in the way that I live my life, yeah, that right. you set a very good example. You set a contrary example, and, and it convicts. And it convicts me, and, <laughs> and, it, and it changes. Like sure. it, 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 it edifies. It, yeah. it builds. It builds me up. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. So there's the the continuing aspect mm-hmm. of it. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and uh, your hearers. Yeah. So uh, keep yourself pure. Yep. Okay. And then he says, verse 23. Very, very, very controversial. Targeted, very targeted, I would say. How about that? Uh, it's, in, in my Bible, it's parenthetical. It is marked parenthetically. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe they only do that just because it is so by specific the way, to... That's what Paul's doing. He's saying, by the way, also, also... I don't think he's saying anything that's... Wine. I don't think he's saying Take anything that's off. even all no. that... Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I don't think he's saying anything that's that, all that shocking to no. Timothy. no. But unless you're like, but it is very specific you know, to Timothy. It I, is. He's not like making. A, it's not this elders. You need to go home yeah. and make sure your stomach, you know, acid isn't building up by. Ha- I mean, that's Listen, not his argument. He says, "No longer, no longer drink only water." And I'm like, "Amen." No longer drink only water. Let's go <laughs> coffee. I mean, we're drinking water right now. You know, we have our. You've heard, you've heard us like gulping on our our, our bottles of water. No longer drink only water. Like Jenny's constantly like, you need to drink more water. And I probably do. But, you know, coffee, sodas occasionally. I'm just Ooh, kidding. No, this whoa, is all just, that uh, will just cause more stomach pain. That's just wrong. Don't do that. That's not what he said. He says, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach. Yeah. And your frequent ailments. Do you want to take a stab at... Um, Stomach problems. Why? Why? Why is Timothy having stomach problems? I mean, stomach problem. I mean, I could see pastoring can be anxious work. I can see it. You, I can definitely see. It's it. not in the text, <laughs> <clears throat> but I can definitely see uh, some some Prilosec, mm-hmm. You know, uh, th- in this verse. <laughs> 
Yep. Don't don't uh, uh, don't let your whole you know demeanor, the purity that you've built built up, get affected because well, I have a sore stomach and I don't feel like doing the ministry today. In, in all seriousness, pastoral ministry is prone, tempted mm-hmm. towards anxiety and stress. That's why Brian Croft has to tell pastors every Monday not to quit, not to make any important <laughs> yeah. decisions. It's Eat Monday. well, exercise. Have a good cup of coffee. Wait until the next day. Talk with a friend. Yeah. Go exercise. Breathe some fresh air. Mm-hmm. Don't resign. He's always really good. Every for that. Monday. Yeah. Every Monday. <laughs> Maybe something like that here is going on with Timothy as well. Yeah. And then we come to these last couple of verses, twenty-four and twenty-five. Mm-hmm. The sins of some men are conspicuous, conspicuous meaning obvious, Mm -hmm. going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, and even those that are not, cannot remain hidden. Mm-hmm. I'm take a stab at it sounds to me it sounds really similar to you know Peter you know <laughs> his comments are you know some people save hating even the you know the garment um, stained by sin just mm-hmm. to be watchful you know to be <clears throat> not everybody is going to be just flagrant in their sin some are going to hide it and yeah. hide it really really well yeah even even if they're following Jesus and even if they do actually believe some sin just kind of grabs a hold and it may be hard to tell to me this is one of those terrifying verses yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> I mean I don't I'm not laugh. I'm laughing out of out of uh, trembling fear a little mock it yeah yeah <laughs> a little bit. It's, not, it's not a haha it's a um, it's a realization that they're going to be men I'm assuming he's still. I mean, it doesn't seem like he would shift all of a sudden away from elders, right? Uh, necessarily, no, he's, he's, still he's talking about you know how to how to honor them um, in terms of not just financial remuneration, but in terms of you know if a charge is brought against them, if they persist in sin, and here he's talking about sins and good works, and so it seems like he's still talking about uh, elders here. The sins of some men are conspicuous. Uh, yeah, some some men are going to. I mean, some of it. Some some people are going to have. You know, they're going to be overly concerned with money, and probably our our particular culture is going to go. Well, shouldn't they be? And yeah. kind of just overlook it, and it won't look bad. It's greed and it's cancerous. Yeah. But they're going to ignore it. It's not conspicuous. Yeah. They start sleeping around within the church, or they start you know gambling or something. They they you know are constantly at the bar. People are going to maybe start giving them looks and sideways glances. More conspicuous. And more conspicuous. Public, public sins. Yeah. But, what's, what, but the the trembling aspect of it is right. is that some of them are are secret, and may the Lord spare us. Yeah. You know, like um, keep short. The accounts. Lord knows. Yeah, the Lord knows. Whether or not the congregation knows, the Lord knows. And you know, I think that's this. This is a couple of there are a couple of verses here that are really spurring us as elders to be above reproach, not just in the sense of our public life, mm-hmm. but in the sense of our private life as well. Yeah. And at that point, you know, we we need to learn how to pray more. Uh, for our pastors, uh, it is not easy. Call. It's not easy to to shepherd. No, it's just not. Um, 
and and every man has his besetting natural <laughs> inclinations <laughs> inclinations sins, sins temptations, temptations right that he that he is more prone to succumb to mm-hmm. ask the lord to help him overcome uh those things again not just the the yeah. the conspicuous the obvious the public right. sins but also the secret the, the private the help this man help these men to be exhaustively holy mm-hmm. help them to be truly sincerely godly uh, help them to be filled with good works. And even if those good works aren't immediately conspicuous, obvious, yeah. public, help them to trust in the Lord and to look for their commendation yeah. from Him. From Him. Yeah. They, they won't be hidden in the end. Right. Right. So, do you have any other thoughts on those last couple of verses there? No, I think that does it. Okay, if you're going to try to sum up here... Uh, verses 17 through 24. Oof. Yeah. 17 through 24 summed up. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, I say Paul is, Paul is telling Timothy, yeah, elders are there for a reason. Yeah. They're not, they're not God. They're not even Jesus. Right. Um, but they're, it, it, they're a mark of his good governance of the body. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I would only add to that, eldering is hard. It's hard, yeah. Eldering is hard. You should expect you're going to follow in Jesus' stead. <laughs> if you're following Jesus, yeah. you're, you, if you're truly being an under-shepherd, you're going to experience yeah. the same kind of re- rejection, betrayal, yeah. whatever from his own followers, his own, own you know, yes. nearest friends. And Paul seems to be recognizing that here yeah. and saying, make sure that you doubly honor those who labor yep. amongst you, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Uh, he mentions the financial remuneration piece, but there's also just the protection piece of mm-hmm. like, you know, don't don't let one person just who just doesn't like the pastor uh, dominate the conversation in the church. Right. Um, <clears throat> take care of them in that way. Mm-hmm. Protect them in that way. Uh, Timothy, if you need it, drink a little wine. Yeah. Help your stomach. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Yeah. That's right. And then devote yourself. Devote yourself to godliness. Yeah. Um, and, and again, to the congregation, it is honor them and help them to be honorable. Hmm. Help them to be honorable. Both by taking care of them financially, mm-hmm. by holding them accountable for godliness, mm-hmm. truly. Yeah. Expecting the best of them. That's right. Yeah. And by praying for them, mm. that they will, through and through, public and private, conspicuous, inconspicuous, uh, live lives that show forth mm. the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, brother. Thanks. Thanks.